0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Now, I want to highlight the the words here, dead men, because later this morning, this is going to come back into play. So remember that thought, they became like dead men. Verse 5, but the angel answered and said to these women. Now, he gives these women four thoughts, the two Mary's. Now listen to the first, four, or the first uh, thoughts that he gave. And he said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. So the very first thought he said is, Don't be afraid. There is no reason to be afraid because the resurrection of Jesus, or the resurrection of Jesus, it's not a time to be fearful. But it's a time of great joy and a time of great celebration. So the first thing he says is, you don't have to be afraid. Verse six, he is not here for he is risen. And when you look at what the angel said, he reassured them he's risen. In other words, Jesus is is not dead. You won't find Jesus among the dead. You find Jesus among the living. He's risen. As he said, and so this angel goes back and he tells them, remember what he said to you. And in Matthew 10, Matthew 12, Matthew 16, Matthew 17, Matthew 20, over and over Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise. Now when this angel said this and he highlighted here as he said, I don't believe it was just for this one-time event. I believe he's telling us as believers, hang on to the words that Jesus said. Every time you find red-letter words in your Bible, the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus, you can go to the bank on it, okay? His words are forever. He goes on to say, as he said, come see the place Where the Lord lay. Come see the place. And and the word see there, it says, look with the purpose. Look with close scrutiny. Behold, come check the evidence for yourself. And you know what he's saying? It was empty then, and it's empty now, and the grave is still empty now. And you become witnesses for what you see. Now, about 13 months ago, I had the great honor to go to the nation of Israel. And I remember one day, one of our highlights was we went to the hills of Moriah, where Abraham sacrificed Isaac, but where the Lord Jesus would be sacrificed. And with my own eyes, I saw Golgotha. I saw the place of the skull. And just several hundred yards from the place where Jesus was crucified was the tomb. And I remember the day I got to go into the tomb and it was completely different than what I thought, but when I went into that tomb, it wasn't a place of dread, it wasn't a place of fear. Actually, it was an incredible place of peace. And I believe this is what these ladies begin to experience. They experience an incredible peace. And the last thought he gives them and he says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. Go, go quickly. Run and tell his disciples. And when you see what he said, go quickly there. I believe it was a shadow of the things to come. The Lord Jesus is going to come quickly. And it will be swiftly. And so he goes and he says, go tell them that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. And you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Now remember this thought here, the Lord Jesus was crucified and put in the tomb in Jerusalem. This angel tells his disciples, go and see him in Galilee. If you were to go from Jerusalem to the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee, it's approximately 70 miles. I begin to think of this, why was Jesus going back to Galilee? The area of Galilee is where the Lord Jesus did the majority of his miracles. Almost all the miracles he performed was at Galilee. And so now his disciples are going to get to go back and see him and they get to witness another miracle, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. But 40 days after this, they would get to, uh, get to witness another resurrection, another miracle That Jesus would leave this earth and he would send into heaven according to Acts chapter 1. And so when I look at all this, God was a God of miracles through Jesus before he was crucified. And God is a God of miracles after he was crucified. And God is a God of miracles to this day. We serve the God of miracles. And I believe that's why he was going back into Galilee. Verse 8. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to bring his disciples the word with great joy and a celebration. Can you imagine what was going on in the two Mary's hearts? They, they ran as fast as they could. They said, We got to tell them, we got to tell them. The Lord and Savior, He's risen, He's alive. So, when saying that, what does the empty tomb, what does the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus mean? That Jesus, is uh, his resurrection is proof that his sacrifice on the cross was acceptable to God. And when you see what Jesus has did, the new covenant came alive. That the remission of sins was, was good through the Lord Jesus Christ. As Father God said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, That's the first thing. The second thing is, for every one of us, death is not the end of the story. There's a future life called eternity. And the great thing about eternity is every one of us get to choose where we'll spend that at. Go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 2. We'll go to Galatians 2 and then we'll go to Colossians 3. Galatians chapter 2. Begin with me in verse 19. And you'll note in these these next three verses how the apostle Paul uses the word I over and over. For I through the law, I died to the law. One translation, it says, when I tried to keep the law, the old covenant, the rules, it didn't work. I, I couldn't obey the law. Better stated here, the law gave him no power to overcome sin. So the apostle Paul says, for I through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. How is he going to live to God or how do we live to God? Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. I I have died to my old self, that old life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation in Christ Jesus. So right here, Christ's life showed me how, and it enabled me to do it. I identify my life completely through Christ Jesus now. Acts 17, 28 says, In him we live, and in him we move, and in him we have our being. So the apostle Paul is telling us now, my life has been crucified with Christ. Keep reading. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the Son of God who loved, who loved me, and he lives in me. And so you begin to see right here, Jesus paid a price for every one of us. And the Apostle Paul began to get a hold of this, and look how he ends in verse number 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. I don't blow off the grace of God. For if righteousness comes to the law, then Christ died in vain. What that literally says there, if righteousness could come by keeping the, the law then Jesus died unnecessarily. One translation says, if we can earn salvation by obedience to the law, then the cross was redundant. So we go back and we look at something. At the end of verse 20, he said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The new covenant is based on faith and it is based on grace for every one of us. Ephesians 2.8 says, I've been saved by grace through faith. So this is what the Apostle Paul is trying to get us a hold of now. It's not by my achievement of how well I obey the law, it's by grace through faith. Now when I read this here, it says in this verse, I've been crucified. So if I've been crucified with Christ, dying to my old self, that old man in religion, Have I been risen with Christ also? Turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three. So the Bible's very clear. We're to die to that old man, that old self. But in Colossians chapter number three, verse one. Listen to what the apostle Paul says here. If or since then you were raised with Christ. So again, I've been crucified with Christ and I'm risen with Christ. If then you were raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above. Aim at the things above, seek those things are above, pursue the things above. So what was he talking about here? I must come to a place in my life where I, I, I seek the perspective of heaven. My, my priorities now become that of heaven. Not the things of this world, not the lust of my eyes, not the flesh, lust of my flesh, nor the pride of life. When when he says, "Seek the things that are above," again, I'm not to live by the things of this secular world. I'm to seek the things from above, where Christ is sitting. At the right hand of God. Now, you'll see this statement here, the right hand of God on several occasions. When it talks about the right hand of God, it's talking about power, honor, and authority. And so at the right hand of God, but I want you to note something in this verse. It says the Lord Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. When we go back to the day of atonement in the Old Testament, when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies to bring in the sacrifice for that year, the work that he did was tedious and it was very precise and and meticulous. One of the things it said about the Old Testament priest is that he could never sit down. And so year after year, when the high priest could go in there, he was never allowed to sit down. The only time you can sit down is when the job is finished, when the job is completed. And so right here, he specifically says where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. You know why Christ is sitting there? Because the price was paid in full. It was done completely. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth Set your mind on the things above. Begin to to allow heaven to determine, what, what are you thinking about? What are you living for? Not Earth's way of doing things again. Verse number three, for you died. For you died. That old man died. You severed the tithe to this life. You're no longer a slave to sin, for you died. That old man has died. And then look what he says. And your life is now hidden. It is concealed and safe with Christ and God. Not not only for now, but for the future, for eternity. And so there's something that happens that when I give my life to Christ, I can be reassured that my life is hidden with Christ. It's, it's concealed with Christ. I, I have a future now is what he's talking about. And so the, the, the thing that Jesus did is to display the attention and affection towards spiritual things. Because my identification now is with Christ. I died of that past. I died of that old man. But now I'm, I'm resurrected. I'm, I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And so this is what happened when I give my life to Jesus. Look with me now into the book of Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1. And this is what we'll end with, with this morning. So highlighting some things. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus. We died with him, and we've been risen with him. I am a new creator, creation in Christ Jesus. I, I live differently now. now. I will ask you something these next few days. Ask God to begin to grace you to set your mind on things above. Uh, allow eternity to become your focus. Think about this. What's going on in heaven? Let that be attractive to me right now. Revelations chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show us his servant, things which must shortly take place, and he sent and he signified it by his angels to his servant John. So what happens here is he's talking about is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. God gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave it to the angel. The angel gave it to John. And John is going to reveal it to me and you as his servants. Verse 2. Who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now the word testimony in the Greek means a witness who is willing to die for his belief. Now this was speaking of John the Baptist. This is who this is talking about who gave witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Verse three. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the word of this prophecy and they keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Now, when I begin to look at this passage right here, I begin to think about this. Right now, if me or you to watch the evening news, most of our newscasts right now, they're, they're associated with violence. They're associated with scandals. They're associated with, with political haggling, which call can lead to depression. So if you've watched the news lately at all, you may have this question, where is this world heading toward? But it's interesting here in verse 3, that he starts out this word with the word blessed. The word blessed means happy, fortunate, or be envied. The word blessed here means happiness. There's a happiness. Okay? Blessed or this happiness is to who? Blessed is he who reads. And blessed those who are hear the words of the prophecy. And blessed are those who keep these things which are written in it. So right there. And there's a confidence that comes with this, that i got to stay in the word, i got to hear the word, and i got to learn to obey the word. And again, note how he ends this, and he says, for the time is near. And when you see the time is near, this is an urgent appeal to obedience. He's saying, you really, 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 you need to obey the scriptures. You need to not only obey them, you need to hear them, and you need to keep them. For the time is near. Verse 4. John spoke to the seven churches which are in Asia or Asia Minor. Many would believe this right now is Western Turkey. And he says to you, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Talking about Father God, every bit of those definitions right there are Father God. Grace and peace from Father God. And from the seven spirits who before his throne, speaking directly about the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, and from Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop right there. And the reason I'm going to stop Midway through verse 4 and the beginning of verse 5, you see the Father, you see the Son, and you see the Holy Spirit. They're all mentioned in this. This is how it is right now. Every one of them, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father God is a God, he says, of grace and peace. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to follow the things of the Lord Jesus. Now look at verse 5. And all these describe Jesus. The faithful witness, the one who testifies of the truth, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, this is what Jesus did for every one of us he washed us and he forgave us of our sin. That's real. When I allow Jesus to do that. When I confess my sin. When I take ownership of my my sin. He goes on to say in verse number 6. Now watch this. And has made us. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. And when he says here he has made us kings and priests. Is clearly a present tense reference to you and me's function right now. He's made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. And so we highlight some stuff. Yeah, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. But I'm an earthly king right now. He's blessed us to, to impact this earth where we're at. Now when we jump to verse 7 here, what he's doing here is he's announcing Jesus' return or his second coming. And he says, behold... He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, and even they who pierced him. Many believe this is a direct reference to the soldiers that pierced his side. And he said, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. And so, highlight, I want to highlight. He said, every eye will see this. Every eye will witness him. Just as Jesus promised about his resurrection from the dead. I'm going to be killed. Three days later, I'm going to return. He's now signifying the second coming of the Lord. It's going to happen. Verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Which literally means the first and the last or the beginning and the end. The Greek alphabet declares that God is everything from A to Z. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So again, he's getting back and says, Listen, while you're here on the earth, live for Jesus as a king and a priest. But the day's gonna come when he's gonna return. And over and over, you see in the scriptures, It's going to be quickly. I highlight the word quickly because the day that Jesus comes back, it'll be quickly and be swiftly. The reason we need to highlight that is the day that trumpet sounds, it's over. Now, to end this morning, I'm going to go to verse 17 and 18. And I want you to pay real close attention to this. This was John the Baptist is who this is talking about here. And he says in verse number 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now I highlighted that back in, in Matthew 28 verse 4. That when the, 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 the soldiers saw the Lord Jesus dead... Or when the soldiers saw uh, the the Lord Jesus' grave, the angel, they appeared as dead men. When you see this right here, John the Baptist said, I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man. When I begin to look at what this... John had walked the earth with Jesus for over three years. He knew what Jesus looked like. But now... When he sees the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus was no longer as he was, but he now is in his glory. And when John sees him in his glory like this, he, he falls like a dead man at the feet of Jesus. And when I saw this, that John falls like a dead man at the feet of Jesus, The Mercy Me song. I can only imagine is what I begin to get. And you'll remember in that song, he said, I can only imagine what it'll be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine, surrounded by your glory, What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. And as I looked at this, it began to move me. He goes on to say but he laid his right hand on me and remember the right hand was that of power it was of authority it was of honor saying to me John don't be afraid I'm the first and I'm the last I had the first words and I'll have the last words I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell or Hades and of death. And so when you see that the Lord Jesus has those keys, it signifies hell's not what it is for believers and death sure isn't what it used to be for believers. And so when I begin to look at all this, he's talking about, he he reassures him here I'm the Alpha, the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. You know, here we are on Resurrection Sunday. Every one of us can have this opportunity today. We can believe what Jesus did. We can receive what Jesus did. Well, the blood of the innocent man is going to hang over me throughout eternity and every one of us that are watching this live stream right now will have an eternal post office box and your eternal post office box will either say hell or heaven and the only one that determines where i'll spend eternity at is me Jesus did what he needed to do. That's why he went to the cross. That's why his blood was shed and his broken body was beaten for me and you. And he said, it's finished. It's finished. And so today, if you're a sinner, I believe it's time to wake up. If you're backslidden and you've severed your relation to Jesus, it's time to get up. If you're born again and Jesus is Lord of your life, it's time you grow up. So I don't care who you are today. If you need to wake up, you need to get up, or you need to grow up, Jesus is calling out to us. And right here as I look into this camera, I'm gonna ask you, do you know Jesus is Lord of your life? That the way I get born again is I ask Jesus to come into my heart, but I'm not presenting a cheap salvation today. I'm not presenting you a a ticket or a free pass out of hell. The only way I get born again is when I ask Jesus to come into my heart, but I take ownership for my sins, and I have a remorse about my sins, and I say, I don't wanna live this way anymore. So right there where you're at, I ask you, Whether you're born again, whether you're a prodigal and you need to come back, or you're a sinner, I say, Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. I'm sorry for all my faults. I'm sorry for my frailty as a human being, and I'm still a man of frailty. I'm still a man of faults. But today, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to wash me. And the reason I want to highlight that is because the only way you're going to truly get to imagine how it's going to be like is you got to be born again. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.